Hey friends, welcome back to the Catwalk. My name is Clark Cowden. I'm your host for this podcast, and I'm glad you've joined us again for this week's message. For the month of November, I'm doing a message series called Pay It Forward. We're going to be talking about the things that we have to be thankful for, uh, the blessings that God has given us, and how God intends for us to pass on these blessings to other people. And so today we're beginning with a message called Don't Bury Your Talents. Don't dig a hole and stick your talents in the ground and do nothing with them. You need to exercise them. You need to develop them. You need to put them out into the world and pass them on to other people to bless them in the ways that God has blessed you. I invite you to sit back and relax and reflect on this message. Don't bury your talents. When I was growing up, I remember my mom taking me shopping with her to J.C. Penney's. Have you ever been to a J.C. Penney's store? Penny's used to be one of the largest department stores in our country. James Cash Penny was born on September 16, 1875. He died on February 12, 1971. He was the son of a Baptist preacher. He was motivated by Jesus' teaching of the golden rule in Matthew 7:12. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The very first store he opened was called the Golden Rule Store, and he titled his autobiography, 50 Years with the Golden Rule. But during the years of the Great Depression, J.C. Penney sank into his own depression. Times were tough and he found himself on the brink of bankruptcy and on the brink of divorce. He even contemplated taking his own life. That crisis landed him in a sanatorium in 1932. But it was there that he found his way back to God. Wandering through those lonely corridors early one morning, he heard someone singing a hymn he remembered from his childhood. Be not dismayed, whate'er betide, God will take care of you. All you need, he will provide. God will take care of you. He followed the sound of that song into the sanatorium chapel, where he found doctors and nurses worshiping God. Then one of the staff members read the words of Jesus from Matthew eleven twenty-eight: 28. Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. J.C. Penney found his rest in God that day, and God changed his life. J.C. Penney lived until the age of 95. When he died in 1971, his empire of department stores had become America's second largest retailer behind Sears, with annual revenues of $4.1 billion. 
But JCPenney used his net worth to add value to others. By the end of his life, he was doing what is called reverse tithing, which means he was living on 10% of his income and giving 90% of his income back to God. You don't become a reverse tither unless God has changed your life, unless God has changed your heart. J.C. Penney was putting his money where his mouth was. He was living out his faith in Christ and blessing others with the blessings he had received from God. The biblical principles that he lived by are the same biblical principles God wants us to live by. And we read about them in Jesus' words found in Matthew 25, verses 14 to 30, which says this. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I've not sown and gather where I've not scattered seed? Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth.
One of the things that we see in Jesus' parable here is that God wants us to have an abundance mentality. In this story, Jesus calls the third man who buried his bag of gold in the ground wicked. That seems a little extreme, doesn't it? He was doing what probably a lot of us would do. He was protecting what he already had. But it shows us that the third man did not really trust his master who gave him the gold. He was afraid of what he would do to him if he lost some or all of his money. But it also reveals a scarcity mentality. A scarcity mentality operates out of fear rather than faith, and it nets greed rather than gratitude. It's playing not to lose. It's satisfied with just breaking even. A scarcity mentality would never give up five loaves of bread and two fish, which is why it never experiences miracles of multiplication. A scarcity mentality thinks in terms of addition and subtraction. Five plus two equals seven. If you allow a scarcity mentality to take root, you become like the servant who buried his talent in the ground. You become a cul-de-sac of blessing and God's blessings will dead end with you. And you start to think that enough is never enough. An abundance mentality, on the other hand, recognizes that it's all from God and it's all for God. It's understanding James 1.17, which says that every good and perfect gift comes from God. This means that we actually don't own anything. In fact, if you think you own something, it might own you. Even your talents and abilities are on loan from God. Jesus' parable shows us that God is the one who even gives us the ability to make money. What God does for you is never just for you. It's ultimately for others too. Like the time when Jesus fed the 5,000 with just five loaves of bread and two fish, we see that five plus two equals 5,000, remainder 12. Miraculously, there was more food left over than they started with. That's what happens when you take what you have in your hands and put it into the hands of God. People with an abundance mentality don't direct deposit God's blessings into a savings account. They open a brokerage account that reinvests the dividends in other people. They don't just love to give, they live to give. Towards the end of his parable in verse 29, Jesus says, for whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. This is the abundance mentality God wants us to have. God doesn't want us to be scared that we're going to run out of resources. 
If you share your blessings with others, if you give to others, you will be given more. God replaces our fear with faith. Jesus can change your mind. So do you have a scarcity mentality or an abundance mentality? A second thing we see in Jesus' story is that he is telling us, don't bury your talents. The master praised the man who put his five bags of gold to work and made five more. The master praised the man who used his two bags of gold to make two more. But he criticized the man who buried his talent. The older translations of this text call these five talents two talents, and one talent. The criticism is directed at the man who did nothing with what he was given. This was a man who had a scarcity mentality. He was afraid of losing what he had. This is the person who simply puts their money under their mattress. This is the person who hides what God has given them. This is the person who doesn't invest in other people. This is the person who lives with the fear of losing what they have. There's an old saying that says it takes money to make money. This actually has biblical roots. It's difficult to make something from nothing. But if you have something, even if it's a little, it's possible to grow it into something bigger. Some people who bury their talents are greedy. They don't want to share what they have been given with others. Some people who bury their talents are ruled by fear. They're so afraid of giving away what they have because they might not have enough. But what actually tends to happen is that when we keep God's blessings to ourselves, over time, we tend to lose them. They tend to disappear. We don't enjoy them because we're not sharing them with others. The more we hang on to them, the more they slip through our fingers. It's a paradox. If you hang on to what you have, you will lose it. But if you give away what you have, you will get more in return. Jesus is asking us, have you been burying your talents? The third thing Jesus is telling us in this parable is to start with what you have. Start small. Don't worry if someone else has five bags of gold and you only have one. Don't worry if someone else has two bags of gold and you only have one. It doesn't matter how much you start with. It matters what you do with what you have. Start with whatever you have and go from there. If God has given you a lot to start with, he can bless you with more. If God has given you a little to start with, he can bless you with more. Don't focus on what you started with. 
Focus on what you can do now. Luke 21, 1-4 says this. As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly, I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All of these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. Here was a woman who was an unsung hero. She didn't get a lot of attention because she didn't have a lot of money. She was very poor. But Jesus here is saying that she was wealthier than the rich people. The value of a gift is not determined by how much you give. It's determined by how much you keep. The woman gave very little, but she kept nothing for herself. So in reality, it was much more than what the others gave. She didn't have a scarcity mentality. She had an abundance mentality. She didn't bury her talents, and she started small with what she had. One of the questions to ask yourself is whether you have peripheral vision or tunnel vision. Peripheral vision is seeing what lies at the edges, what sometimes gets missed because it might be outside our view, and seeing who is out there on the margins. Anatomically, our vertical range of vision is about 150 degrees, while our horizontal field of view is 120 degrees. Anything outside those parameters is invisible to us, but sometimes that's where God's blessings are hiding in plain sight. Peripheral vision is noticing what others ignore. It's reading a room and it's reading between the lines. It's spotting potential where others see problems. It's finding opportunity where others see inconvenience. In Jesus' parable of the Good Samaritan, the priest and the Levite turn a blind eye to their brother in need and walk right by. Why? They had vision, but it was tunnel vision. They were so focused on getting where they thought God wanted them to go that they missed an opportunity to be a blessing. Sometimes our religious routines cause us to miss our divine appointments. Sometimes our idea of what we think we should be doing causes us to miss the people God has put right in our path. Why? Because these opportunities often look like inconveniences. But the Good Samaritan saw the need out of the corner of his eye. God is in the business of strategically positioning us in the right place at the right time. He is ordering our footsteps and preparing good things in advance. The person sitting next to you is not there by accident. 
the waiter or the waitress who waits on you at the restaurant is not there by accident. The cashier who checks you out at the store is not there by accident. The people you work with, the people in your family, the neighbors who live next to you, they are not there by accident. As we grow in Christ, God grows our peripheral vision to see how we can give to others and how we can pass on God's blessings to them. Winston Churchill once said, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. What kind of life are you making for yourself? What are you giving away to others? J.C. Penney was a great giver. He lived on 10% of his income, and he gave away 90% of what he made. This month, I would like all of us to think about the ways God has blessed us and what we have to be thankful for. This is a year where it's easy to forget what we have to be thankful for. With the medical crisis, the political crisis, and all the social crises going on, it can be easy to become blind to all the blessings God has given us. But God has been blessing us in the midst of these tragedies. And God doesn't bless us so we can keep those blessings for ourselves. God blesses us so that we can give those blessings away to others. How can you pay it forward this month? What is God calling you to give? Who does God want you to bless? We are called to be God's missional people who join God's mission in our world as we become a blessing to others. Jesus' parable of the talents teaches us to have an abundance mentality, not a scarcity mentality. He teaches us not to bury our talents. And he teaches us to start small and start with what we have. Jesus keeps widening our tunnel vision and expanding our peripheral vision. Even during a pandemic, even when you are social distancing and avoiding large crowds, what is God calling you to give? How can you be a blessing to others? And how can you pay it forward? God bless. Stay safe. See you soon.